What is up, restaurant world? Welcome to The Tip Share, where we dive deep into the labyrinth of all things restaurant, open up conversations with owners, operators, vendors, and industry experts to explore everything that's happening within the industry and its current climate. Sit back, grab your shift drink, and let's share our tips. Uh, hello and welcome. Dave Downs here again to host another one of our uh, web series. I have uh, joined today from uh, one of our squad leaders, Sandra Monaco. Hey, Sandra. Hello. And one of our client advisors, Adam Walsh. Good, uh, good morning, I guess, Adam. Good morning. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. How are you guys today? Doing well. Doing very good. well. Thank you. We are going to have a fun conversation today because I think there's a ton of excitement. Uh, we're headquartered here in the in the Denver market. Obviously, the weather has, here is always a bit goofy. It snowed yesterday. It's going to be 80 this weekend. But the encouraging thing is spring is here. Colorado, state of Colorado has inoculated, vaccinated uh, over 2 million uh, doses into arms. There is encouraging news. So we're going to take a little bit of a dry topic in most times, budgeting, and we're really going to kind of put some some stories to this and see what's going on in the marketplace uh, with two people that are that are in our clients' lives and businesses day in and day out. Super exciting. We're going to talk a little bit about what we're seeing in, in terms of sales trends, uh, how people are adjusting their budgets and looking forward into the spring. Are they being conservative or are they being a little aggressive with their forecasting? Uh, I'm, I'm really curious as to, as to where this conversation will go today. Uh, let me start, uh, Sandra, with you. Uh, and we're going to kind of look, kind of tie a lot of this back into that budgeting frame of mind. In terms of sales, Give me a story. Tell me something fun that one of your clients is doing that you thought was really unique, really interesting as a way to help drive sales. And that can be as vague as that. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I have a client in local Denver. And, you know, obviously, as Dave said, with our weather, it's up and down. And we're trying to open our patios here. Everyone knows the increased sales you can get from just that extra little square footage. And so with our weather, what they've done is they've offered a beer and a blanket. Um, there was a grandma that was making some really cheap polar fleece blankets. So for 10 bucks, you could get yourself a beer and a blanket and it increased their retail sales. They pretty much paid for both the beer and the blanket. And, you know, if you have that person who's warm and comfy there, they're going to order another beer. So it's just really increasing their sales overall in that patio. I love that. Um, such a fun way. Now, were they branded or were they logoed in any way uh, to tie it back to the business? I don't think these were, but I think that that's definitely an opportunity to get your name out there. I mean, people are going to use this blanket. They'll probably bring it back and people are going to see them and they're going to say, I want one of those. So you're going to see those sales increasing over and over by just having that that logo on there. Such a fun, uh, such a fun thing. And who doesn't need a blanket? Well, at least in the northern states, who doesn't need a blanket just kind of hanging out in their car uh, in case something happens? Right. That's perfect. Uh, Adam, shifting gears a little bit, as, as you've been working, you know, day in and day out, working in, in clients' businesses and helping them build out budgets and, and help them. Uh, tie everything together in one of the most ridiculous years that I can imagine the last 12 months or so. Uh, what kinds of things are you seeing? Are people taking a pretty conservative approach? Are they being aggressive? Where where does that land? Is it, is it maybe different for, uh, throughout the country in terms of the markets that they're in? Well, I, I think in general, most clients have been pretty scarred by 2020. <laughs> 
Um, and so most of them are taking a, a very slow roll approach to to building their budget. They're they're bringing over you know November and December sales and kind of projecting those through you know up until March. And then most of the clients that I've worked with say they don't expect a return to full business until you know midsummer, um, you know at best. Now what I've seen in reality is is quite the contrary. And I think that that a lot of my clients that I've worked with budgets on um, have been perhaps overly conservative with those projections and what they've seen is a real skyrocketing in sales, you know, end of January all through February and now into March as well. Do you, uh, and, uh, and maybe this is completely anecdotally, but do you attribute that to positive news, people getting vaccines or weather changing, or is it really a combination of multiple factors? And if there's others that I missed, which ones do you, are you seeing? I mean, I would have to say that it, that it's a combination of all of those things. Certainly, the weather improving ha- has really helped. Especially, I have clients in Chicago who are who have been seeing nicer weather recently, um, and have been able to to start getting outside and really bringing in those patio sales um, for them. Um, but yeah, I think for the most part, like you said, it, it's a combination of things. Certainly, the vaccines are helping, and I think people are just really anxious after a year of, of mostly lockdown to go out and have fun and just to, to spend time in those restaurants and, and bars that they're accustomed to. Personally, for me, it's going to feel real when I'm at a concert in a small venue inside. That's when I'm going to say, okay, this thing is really behind us, and it's it's. I think we're still a ways out from from being able to see that. Um, I, I guess it kind of is a is a logical flow. We talked a little bit about budgeting and forecasting in sales, and in kind of some of the things that people are doing to creatively drive those sales, uh, to, to whether they're conservative or a little bit more aggressive, and in, in what their forecasting may look like in the in the upcoming few months. As we kind of continue down that P&L, let's talk about cost of goods and, and some of the primary factors that may be driving uh, a budget versus actual successes or uh, misses in, in some cases too. Uh, Sandra, I'll come back to you. Um, are people doing anything or are our clients doing anything regularly uh, to to adjust forecasting or budgeting on cost of goods? Are they seeing anything, any any types of constraints or anything there that would um, that would lead them into changing those numbers? I think that we definitely have to take into consideration higher prices, Mm. Um, you know, with supply chains, just the need for certain products right now. um, There's just definitely been a delay in the country with just getting those products produced. And and so there, there are prices going up due to that. So definitely factoring that in and making sure that you're, you're considering those increased prices in that budget. Yeah. I I think that's perfect. And Adam, to kind of kick that over to you too, um, what kinds of ways are are our clients are are they looking at uh, those cost of goods with regularity so they can understand if they need to go back and fix their budget or or kind of fine tune things? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I work with my clients on their budgets with is understanding that costs are higher now. Um, you know, I was working with with a client who uh, does a burger joint, and you know, Angus went through the roof last year. Yeah. Um, during the height of it, it's kind of come down a little bit, but he's anticipating higher prices, um, at least for the foreseeable future. And so, so one of the things we plan on as we do the budget is, you know, we want to keep their meat cost at a, at a relatively stable percent, but we do have opportunities to kind of look at reducing that meat cost as the year moves forward. Um, for them, obviously, close attention to the uh, to the commodities market um, in that regard is really going to to help them keep an eye on that. But you know, especially for for burgers and and steaks and things like that that are very beef driven, it's a huge huge uh, impact on them. 
Yeah, I, um, I I know fine dining was probably the segment that was most hard hit over the last year. Uh, and I just read an article yesterday, too, about farmers are not planting what they call boutique crops. They're really going back to basics, the romains, the icebergs. They're getting back to the really fundamental core products. Uh, so it'll be interesting if the fine dining segment still has a, a little bit of a tough road ahead of them in terms of their pricing and, and those kinds of things, um, just based on, as you mentioned, the the commodity uh, prices and, and what's available out there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, moving down, uh, again, kind of going down, stair-stepping down that P&L, labor. I know this is always uh, one of the one of the primary challenges in, in most businesses in general, but definitely in our uh, in our restaurant sector. Uh, Sandra, labor, what's going on? What are you seeing? How are people doing? Are they able to staff? What, what's happening out there? I think our industry is definitely going to struggle with labor this year. Um, COVID's definitely presented some fears in terms of those positions. So I think it's definitely going to be important that everyone is budgeting potentially for higher labor costs. You want to possibly increase those pays to get those valuable people in those positions so that you can you know, accommodate the sales that we're going to see. So that's going to be a really big struggle for our industry this year and just making sure that we're adequately staffed for the, the sales that we're going to be seeing. Yeah, I, th- I think staffing is all is going to be our next big hurdle to clear. Uh, Adam, alongside that recruitment, um, in terms of getting people through the door, what kinds of things uh, are people trying? Are they are they getting creative? Are they bumping pay? What's what's going on in in terms of client lives day in day out? Yeah, I you know I I haven't heard nearly. I I, I agree with Sandra with there's going to have to be some sort of of push towards uh, increasing pay to to attract those people and get them in the doors. Um, the, the most important thing that, that I emphasize to my clients, especially from a budgeting perspective, is budget a little higher for labor than you might otherwise. Um, you know, if you come in lower than that, fantastic. Um, but really the most important tactic for them is to get in front of it, is to continue to hire. Um, one thing, like I mentioned, with, with sales increasing, you know, faster than people anticipated, that's going to require more people to run those business. And so staffing for your needs a month from now is really the way that you want to look at that, um, yeah. especially when you're building out your budget. So, yeah, you may be running a little bit of, of a higher percentage in the near term, um, but long term, that's really going to help build your business and build your brand. I think also looking at those other benefits that you can offer, health insurance is a big Mm -hmm. one. And if you have the ability, I think that that could be a really attractive way to get those people in the door. Um, Paid time off structure. There's a lot of opportunities and just those extra little benefits that could make your business more, you know, special than the others. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's not always uh, not always about pay, although even more so now than ever, uh, we're seeing that, you know, that push to $15 minimum wage. I don't know that we'll see that this year necessarily on uh, on a federal level, uh, but definitely by segment there. I mean, I've seen uh, strikes in the fast food uh, market in in 100 different cities throughout the country uh, striking for that $15 minimum wage and and definitely something that you want to get onto the budget to at least be able to plan 
plan for as maybe you're setting out a course to plan and get there. In in the back of the house here in, in the Denver market, um, $15, you're not going to get anybody in as a line cook or anybody uh, at that rate, even pre-pandemic. Uh, so we, you know, the $15 minimum wage is a, is a little bit of a, a misnomer, but it, it, it's definitely something to, to be able to plan for. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of again, moving down that P&L a little bit in, in terms of budgeting, really when we get into direct operating costs, the, the main thing as I've seen in, in the last year that's driving that increased number is kitchen supplies, to-go packaging, those kinds of things. Guys, what are people doing? And I know you have to have those. You know, gloves are $192 a box. Adam, what are folks doing out there to plan and budget for that correctly and, and make sure that that segment of the PL isn't breaking the bank? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I think that we have to anticipate higher costs, at least in the near term, uh, when, when we're looking at those disposables thing, just because the demand is so, so high right now. Uh, but much like the commodities market, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect those prices to, to return back to normal. Um, but I think that having an eye on that and making sure that you're planning for it ahead of time um, will allow you to kind of weather the storm, so to speak, uh, right now. So maybe you budget, you know, 3% uh, for your paper products, whereas in a normal year, you might do one and a half to two. I think that, that again, being more conservative in that regard can only help you make uh, better plans moving forward. Shameless plug here. Uh, What can Razzie do, Sandra? I was going to tee you up on that one. I was going to softball you there. (laughs) Well, I was actually going to say, I think it's really important to also factor in soaps and chemicals. You know, we we do need to clean a lot more in our new, you know, state of the world. And so that is definitely going to be an increased expense that you want to budget for and make sure you're counting the hand sanitizer at every table, at every turn of the restaurant. Yeah, just everywhere. Um, uh, being able to see that stuff around. Uh, the the Razzie purchasing program and in our purchasing department over the last year has, has really doubled down. When we saw the increase in quarter two of last year compared to what people normally spent on that to-go packaging, that disposables contract that we put together with regional uh, distributors has been a phenomenal resource and, and typically somewhere between 15 and 20 percent savings uh, straight off the off the bat there. So uh, again, kind of tip of the hat to the to the purchasing team there, and, and definitely something that we're working on to help uh, offset that cost increase as much as we possibly can uh, in any segment of the PNL. One thing I'm curious about, uh, Sandra, as we're as we're kind of going through uh, through this here, um, with the with a much higher increase in to go in uh, delivery services, if you're offering those, uh, the comp segment, and, and something I don't always dive into when I'm doing any analysis for a broad sc- a scope of of clients or a prospect, someone that may be coming through the sales process. As we're uh, as you as you're with with those clients day in and day out, are we seeing an increase in comps because the quality may not be as good when they get it back home? Has that been anything that we've been able to quantify on our side at this time? I haven't seen too much of an increase in comps. I think more of them are those building business comps Mm. of getting those repeats back into those delivery services. 
I ordered delivery last night and it was a really welcomed coupon there of, hey, you've done this enough. Here's $10 off your order. And you know what? I'm going to go back because it builds up. So I think definitely there's some area of opportunity there for just some building business and keeping those people coming back um, through that delivery service or maybe even outside of that delivery service. Um, If you have someone picking those up, really addressing, hey, you know, call us directly and, and maybe we can offer you, you know, a potential new discount or free dessert or something to that effect. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah. One of the one of the things that, again, working on clients with budgets that I'm very, very careful with is that, is that when, when we're, we're looking at areas to cut costs, um, I think it's really important to drive away from that advertising expense um, in terms of trying to save money there. Um, to Sandra's point, you know, those building business discounts are so, so important right now. Um, you know, people are primed and they're ready to go back out and anything that you can do um, to attract them to your business, to put you top of mind is really going to help you, I think, long term. And so those dollars are very, very well spent um, when when we're looking at it from a budgeting perspective. Um, you know, to Sandra's point, too, a lot of restaurants that I've worked with are really trying to take advantage of you know, the DoorDash, the Uber Eats, the third-party delivery services to drive business to their own website where they don't have to pay those delivery fees, you know? One of the things I recommend to a lot of my clients and a lot of them do is, you know, throw a $10 promo card in with every DoorDash delivery and say, this is usable if you go order on our website. Um, Again, shameless plug here, we have a partnership with Bento Box um, that that will help clients drive business to their websites. Um, and ultimately use those third-party deliveries, you know, less as a lifeline moving forward and more as an opportunity to really reach guests and customers that they may not otherwise be able to to reach. I love that. Yeah, I it, it is, you know, not a shameless plug for Bento Box. They are the best at what they do in terms of being able to help turn that uh, website into a money-driving, revenue-producing thing for the restaurant. Not only is it vital to have one, uh, but then if you can make that a revenue center where you're selling, able to sell gift cards or blankets, uh, any of the, the retail type of things, in addition to your core product, which is the, the food and beverage offering uh, that you're trying to get out the door, uh, nobody does that. That better than bento box i'm glad you brought that particular partnership up um and, and it is worth noting that over the last year so many really successful folks have taken this opportunity as a way to understand how to help try and reinvent what the near future may look like delivery and to go are not going to stop just because we can have people sitting on the patio or in the restaurant uh, maybe at the bar uh, very soon uh and, and being able to to be in a little bit closer quarters So just understanding that allows you the ability then to really hone in on delivery and takeout systems and make them better for your guests, the the experience overall better. The the last real thing I I wanted to get on the table today before we kind of wrap up and and summarize uh, and and thank you again for your time, Sandra and Adam, and and sharing our client stories and, and what we're seeing in the marketplace because I, I think there's so much positivity to draw on in in being able to understand that, yes, spring is coming. Winter is behind us. We are moving into spring and then it will be summer. And not only are patios open, uh, but I did want to at least kind of go back in the last year and, and talk about some of the things that people had to do uh, to be able to survive when the times were really tough. And in, in one of the main one that uh, main ones uh, things that comes to mind is the rent abatements or uh, maybe deferring some 
of their rent payments when COVID was really uh, presenting a challenges last spring. Adam, what kinds of things have you seen uh, in terms of adjusting budgets to include repayments? How are folks uh, planning for that so that they're making sure uh, that they're still able to achieve their profitability goals? Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, a huge shout out to those landlords that worked with uh, mm-hmm. with restaurants to, to allow them to stay open and stay business by abating a lot of that rent. Um, but yeah, many, many of the budgets that I've worked on, you know, we have their baseline, but we have their baseline rent payments as we're building out the budget. But now is time to start using uh, the high times now to begin repaying that um, to the to their landlords. And so that is definitely a consideration and definitely something uh, that's really important when you're looking at the bottom line is to to get yourself caught up. Again, I keep saying it. It's one of those things that if you can front load it onto the front now, then obviously as time goes by and things refer return to you know, a more normal um, situation, you know, it'll obviously position you in, in such a way that you can continue to be successful. Cool. Anything else from your side, Sandra? I would just say keep an eye on that cash flow statement. Mm-hmm. Um, the You're going to see where your cash is going. And if you're seeing an increase to cash, paying down that debt when you got the money is really going to help you in potential slower times. You know, this boom not, might not keep up for forever. And so really preparing for what's going to be happening later this year even. I love it. You had to have the financial statement plug from the accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for your time today. Um, I always love, you know, hearing the the stories of the clients, the creative things that they do, like the the beer in the blankets, drive sales, to create a good guest experience, to create something memorable um, that the guests can then kind of take home as well. Um, it was really interesting to learn a, a bit more about the conservative versus uh, aggressive approach and how people are really forecasting sales. It sounds like primarily they're a little bit more on the conservative side, which I understand uh, after the last year we've uh, uh, we've been through in our industry, uh, just adjusting and, and keeping that budget fresh so that once we get into the spring, the summer, and into the beautiful fall weather uh, that's coming, all these restaurants will really be poised for success. So I appreciate you both and really applaud the work that you do with our clients day in and day out. Thank you so much for taking a bit of your time and uh, chatting with us today. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Dave. You got it. Thanks for joining us this week on The Tip Share. Make sure to visit our website, restaurantaccountingservices.com, where you can view more educational content, subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again.